You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What's going on, guys? What up? What up? What is up? Besides the wind column and the Boston Celtics. We got a we, tick up. You got everything you wanted. You got a Herman Gomez sighting. This thing. <laughs> did this they, game wait, had did it we all. hear if there's a tribute? Did we get the tribute? Herman Gomez. It was a tri- it was a tribute when they called a timeout between the uh, with about four minutes left in the fourth quarter and they brought in Herman. The true. Tri- <laughs> it was just it was, a, it was the whole video tribute was just our show just talking about how somebody thought his yeah. name was Herman Gomez. The video tribute was two baskets. <laughs> that was the <laughs> his highlight reel. The <laughs> is him climbing through the, the CLNS bracket <laughs> slowly getting to the championship. Anyways, uh, another, anyways, another win. This one, listen, I'm first to say I criticize a lot of these wins for, for the teams they play against. This one counts. This, this one counts. You spanked them. Yeah. You 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 bet you bent them over, pulled their pants down, and spanked them. Is what you did. You did all of you it. Did. Can you still do? Can you do that anymore? I don't know, but they did it. I don't know. Beep. The show it. has been. The show has been taken off I'm the not, air. I'm not condoning that type of thing, but they did it, and everyone was there to watch it happen. So, um, big win, good win, a blowout from start to finish. I mean, this was never a game. Never. Um, Hand up! I was a few minutes late to this game, and I felt like it was. I felt like it was over when I turned it on. I, I was kind of bummed out. I, I, you know, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not bummed out overall. I'm just kind of, you know, I missed. I missed. I missed any point where it was close. This is legit, like pinch yourself sort of stuff, you know, uh, because like you and I are kind of in that boat where we've been waiting for them to turn back into a pumpkin. Because again, like we were kind of, we said yep. we're joking about it, but we're serious. Like. They, they hurt us, you know, they, 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 we've, you know, we've got a little, I've been, hurt. I've been burned. Many we've times. been burned. We You're saw talking about it. the Celtics. Okay. Yeah. 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 The Celtics. Okay. The Celtics. Yeah. I've, been, I've still been burned. Yeah. We saw it and we were like, you know, so you just keep waiting. They're like, they're going to turn into those guys. Right. Or they're going to yeah. come back down to earth. Right. Or something's going to happen. It's going to be bad, you know, and it's not happening. And then on top of that, it's what you just said is, we have to be realistic. They're playing teams, but those teams are down guys, soft schedule, blah, 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 but they're still right. killing them. But then this last week, and again, this last week is really where it's kind of, cause they've been ridiculously dominant, but this last week with both the Denver and this game, this just looks like JV. I, you don't see this happen. Wire to wire wins over really good teams without right. them putting up a fight. 
at all. And not because those teams were hurt or on the second of back-to-backs or something. The Celtics just strangled them. They just literally choked the life out of them. They didn't want to play anymore. Like, those teams were done. By half to Utah's shoulders were slumped. They were like, this sucks. I hate playing these guys. They were done. This was unbelievably impressive dominant they they wanted to bury their heads in in like the sand and just not come out for the second half at all and like there was what there was one like mini run where it got to like 18 and it was like and then they just put nope bing bing boom done it's it's it was incredible bobby's at the game uh sherrod's there as well we might be joined by him later bobby let's go peyton pritchard hour go Wow, 17 a 24 run from Peyton Pritchard from three. That's the kind of shooter he is. We're leading Wait, with it? it. That's the kind of shooter he is. 17 of yeah. 24. Okay. This guy, this guy is shown to be an NBA marksman. It looks like it's gonna be here to stay. <laughs> Would you say JJ Redick like? I mean, 40 percent for your career, going on two years now. That's that's pretty good. But I don't want to start with Pritchard. I want to start with the intimidation factor of this team that's starting to set in and you alluded to it there john some really punch you in the face and you're not getting yeah. up moments in this game rob sending two shots flying in a row there that in the third the quarter yep. but that tice block on jordan clarkson oh, was really the moment so where good. utah just gave up <laughs> white side and clarkson didn't get back on defense and they like you said they made a few mini runs from there but on that play in particular, it felt like the Jazz were just going to stop playing. They didn't, but for a moment, that's what it looked like. And it kind of did. I like the fact that these teams are still pushing them a little bit because you see in this game, not only was the defense dominant through that second quarter, but the assist rate and the consistency. Yeah, the half, yeah. Yeah, the consistency with which this team is just creating superb shots. 37 assists. 37 assists. This was just an absolute clinic on both ends for the Celtics here against a team that's been top five in offense, top five in defense all year. I'm going to go talk to Ime, though, quick, and I'll be back with you. Talk oh, to wow. Ime. Jimmy, Jimmy and I are going to keep talking about how we've been believers since the get-go. Um, you joined the yeah. championship train? We'll tell you we all about been. it when you get right. back. We have been. Are you now on it? Are you now on it? Are you a believer, Bobby? Because you you've been a little on, late to this party. Are you jumping on our train that we've been, that we've been <laughs> the conductors of? The whole time, <laughs> Bobby's choosing email over us. Wow. Okay, I see how it I is. I can Not live with fair. it. I he better. He better it. have something good to report. Then he better come back with something good for the people. That's all yeah. I'm going to say. So, that. um, you know, there's so many things to talk about, and like you said, Tice, this might have been his best game in a year. Um, just yeah. looked better. Jalen again. I said it last game, but the jump is back. Um, he, he just had ex- that little. Yeah, that little swagger going too. I think that yeah, he's you know quicker, got the more decisive. Yeah, yeah, rocking. And you the- know what, John? They they did it all. They did it against one of the guys that you have a, a major, major dislike for, and I mean major dislike for in Rudy Gobert. This nobody dislikes Rudy Gobert more than John. I don't really know what it is, and but he, John hates Rudy Gobert. And tonight we saw on display Rudy Gobert is a fraud. Well. I, I just don't I, – it's one of those things where, like, the numbers Run. say he's the best defensive player who's ever played, right? Um, and uh, what's up, Kess? Come on. Come on. Come on. Uh, the number says 
um, last year that was like one of the best defensive seasons ever. And like, I get it. Uh, I, I think he's hurt because he doesn't have, they don't have guys who can defend the perimeter. So he's really on an Island back there uh, and they're getting to where they want to go. And it's just not, he doesn't have a lot of help. So he's the only guy, but yes. last year, Rudy Gobert, a lot of people were saying is a legitimate MVP candidate. And if you're watching tonight, check Mark Rob, you know? Yeah. Like another one, another one on Rob's on Rob's. I alley. was like, this will sound condescending. And I mean, again, if, if nobody hates, you uh, if, no, if nobody hates Gobert more than me, nobody loves Rob more than more than I do. Um, and I try to keep I try to be fair with Rob and be like, OK, still want to see a little more. He's just different, man. You know, like and this was like I was proud of him. I Like I said, I don't want to sound condescending, but I was like, you know, you have the game versus Rudy and you're like, is Rudy going to eat him up? Is it going to be like a 20 rebound game? Is he going to be blocking shots? Is Rob going to get? Nope. Yeah. Rob snatched like nine rebounds in the first, and then he friggin' started sh- blocking shots with his elbow late. He, you know, it was just—I mean, he was just impressive. And Rudy he, did not. Rudy did nothing all game. Rob, Rob has grown up in front of our eyes. Two years, two seasons ago in the bubble, he was getting torched. I mean, yeah. remember what Bam did to him? I mean, Rob was yeah. Rob was just happy to be there on the court, sharing the court with these guys. And now he has the confidence, and he's got you know a little bit more experience on his side now, and. He's going toe to toe with these guys, and and they have to think twice before they go before yeah. they go anywhere near him, or even if they don't go near him, he just shows up out of nowhere and blocks and I, the hell out. I agree with this comment, and this is one of the things we talk about with uh with yeah, uh with exactly. Rob is he's everywhere. He's he's switching, he's guarding the perimeter, and he's doing it well. He's out there guarding guys and keeping them from getting into the lane. Guys who are quicker, he's just different. Uh, and Rudy just sits there and you know oh, bats man, shots man. away, and yeah. yeah, he's a deterrent. He's still Rudy, but. And, uh, you know, people are putting this in the chat. I tweeted this also. Rob, Rob over Rudy right now, man. I, I, I you know, I, it's Rob not over Rudy. You got to weigh every, yeah, weigh everything. Who are you it's going not with? homerism. I love, I, I love it. I love, I, I love what we're seeing from Rob. What about Mitchell over? Mitchell's Tatum real. Around? Again, I, I don't think Tatum's playing better than most people in the world right now so like yeah. this level of tatum is at a different level the body of work over Mitchell the course tatum of the, is right there the, the the body of work over the course of a season is pretty equal with these guys tatum's yeah. just playing better now and the celtics are killing people so you're gonna say tatum but mitchell's in that they're in the same stratosphere they're, the they're same in that tier. same tier uh yeah, mitchell's yeah. A, a competitor he's a shot maker he's friggin' good man um he's awesome yeah for sure I mean, yes. there, yeah, it, that was supposed to be a tough. That was supposed to be a tough one. It was, that, there was no really good answer for that. No, but, that's um, a tough one. I know everyone's gonna be like, "Are you crazy, Tatum's?" Yeah, right now Tatum is great. You got to tip your hat. Mitchell's really, really good. Yeah. Someone asking, is the is this the hot guy? <laughs> so you you had to be you had to be uh, watch the last show in order, in order to, hot guy in order to know what it means. <laughs> if you watched the last episode, there was a huge discussion on Celtics superheroes. And John said that Peyton Pritchard was Hawkeye. And I thought he said hot guy. Well, you said he was Hawkeye. The whole time, I'm like, why is John calling Peyton Pritchard a superhero named Hot Guy? I mean, I'm not a superhero. <laughs> I'm not a superhero guy. So I thought that John was like, yo, he's totally Hot Guy. And like, here's why. And I'm like, okay, Hot Guy it is. So that's the backstory of Hot Guy. You gotta the watch backstory. the last episode. You guys don't, you gotta keep up with the episodes. You know, if you miss a Celtics game, you gotta watch the show. Because sometimes they carry over. Jimmy the hot guy. Jimmy the hot guy. 
Yeah, and this would have made our tournament bracket. I'll let you guys know while we wait for the reinforcements to get here as well. We're running this tournament uh, of garden reportisms. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, here we, we go. That we want you guys to vote on. And you can and vote in this chat. Is that correct? In the YouTube So chat. we're putting up the polls throughout here. We're going to put up the entire Sweet Hold 16. On, up for a minute. At the end of tonight, uh, we are going to move on to the Elite Eight. We're going to put that up on Twitter, and we're oh, going to wow. let you vote on Sunday to get to the Final Four. So the Elite Eight begins tomorrow. This is your last chance to vote. Uh, we're going to put up each game and each some matchup close right races now. Here? Huh? You got some close races going on? We got some close races, yeah. There's a couple blowouts, too. There's, there's, some, there's some things people like. Amit. There's yeah, I'm at, there's a I'm few that man. I think are going to be difficult to to. They're going to run. Yeah, you know, the, the final four is going to be very interesting because there's some real home. There's some home run ones here. Yeah, there's some like I ones. still maintain bike watches like a very strong three seed. Um, Brockton Wi-Fi. I don't know how that one can lose. <laughs> Jim's fart again. The fart should be in quotation marks. That's that's up with a question mark. Yeah, with the question mark. That one is under protest. We um, would have so. put Jimmy's towel rolls and hot guy into the bracket if it was just a day later. <laughs> the to- paper towel rolls, everybody. Just so everyone's aware. Uh, those are paper towels. <laughs> uh, so that's good. So, like, it's funny. As out of things as we were to say when this team sucked for 140 games or 130 games, I'm I'm nearing it now. It is it's beyond hyperbole what they're doing to people right now. It's and it's like it looks like they're toying with them. It's, knew it. It's nobody all, can say they knew it was coming. Yeah. Oh, we knew it all along. It doesn't matter. But it's beyond like they're toying with people. It's bordering on disrespectful at this point. Like they're just messing with people. They're playing with their food. You know, like they're just yeah. <laughs> it's not even close. You get into a couple of stretches and they're like the lead was 27 or 28 and then they take a couple of threes early in the shot clock and he like time out get over here idiots stop yeah. doing that they come out of the timeout they're like he's right and they clamp down on defense work the ball around build the lead back up to 27 and the other team's like damn it you know like it's ridiculous it. it's it's ridiculous 37 assists i mean it's the whole game was ridiculous you know, and it, they just, they're playing with the attitude of a team that's like, yeah, we're going to hit all these shots, you know? And then the defense is just nuts, man. It's the same thing. It's just switch, 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 and no one can get anywhere. Jazz had a teeny they're bit of success, hard. teeny bit of success getting into the middle, just a little bit. And then they closed that out too. It's just incredible. It's it's incredible. You know what? The Heat lost tonight. Yep. The Celtics are a game and a half out of first place in the Eastern Conference. And not only did the Heat lose, I saw on Twitter – that Udonis Haslam had to be restrained from going at Jimmy Butler tonight. I don't know. I didn't see the video. I just saw it on Twitter. And, man, that is not what you want to see if you're a Heat fan or if you're on the Heat because there's trouble in paradise. There's trouble in Miami down in uh, down there. So the, the Celtics are, are hot right at the, at the best time to be. It's like the NFL. It's not always the best team that runs the table. I mean, the NBA is different because it's a seven-game series. In the NFL, you can just win a game and go on the next round. But the hot teams, the teams that are playing their best basketball going into the playoffs, that's where you want to be. Yeah, you don't so want to be. You don't want to be the Heat going after your teammate, right? You know, a week before the playoffs start. Why the hell would you want want to be in that situation? And so that's the one the, seed is in play here. Yeah. The. No, and you're right, and I'm looking at that video. What happened was it looked like Spolster was trying to give them some sort of uh, um, 
some sort of instruction. And Jimmy was, uh, who knows what he was doing. He was having his say, talking back, disputing it. Being Jimmy being, Butler. Being defensive, whatever. Who knows? Haslam didn't like it. Haslam started in on Jimmy. And then it just got up from there. And then they both stood up. And then there's barking and stuff. So um, it definitely got. Uh, I mean, it's not going to break up the team. But it's something to at least. Something to, to Spol- it started with Spolster and Butler and Haslam Haslam uh Haslam uh, debated Haslam uh, jumped in and uh, obviously had Spolster's back and was like what are you doing so well Haslam's got to def- Haslam's got to have Spolster's back because it's it's like uh, he yeah. shouldn't even be in, this <laughs> really shouldn't have been on a roster this is an interesting point by Kess here uh, talking about the the defense like for some reason like playing defense is energizing them instead of sapping them and like we talked about like. Tatum and Brown at the beginning of the year and why the defensive effort had waned like because Tatum and Brown sucked last year at defense and that was a big issue it's almost like they decided we're now superstars we're not going to give you know the the full defensive effort and one of the things we dogged them about earlier in the year was this which is like they want to play like stars they want to be front runners they want to shoot they'll play defense when it matters in tight and close games but not necessarily all game long so they're not going to do I mean bad example given the timing of it but they're not going to do the jimmy butler where they're just going to play you know balls out for friggin you know yeah. 40 minutes and and sacrifice stats and sacrifice their offense and just do whatever it takes to win and i remember making that we made that comparison there and we're like well that's who they are now but they're not doing that anymore they're all trying across the board with maximum effort and it's not killing their offense at all in fact i think they've realized on offense like i can work a little less hard if i pass the ball a little bit instead of like just you know trying to go one on five all the time but like it it all goes back to email and all goes back to full buy-in completely i mean and i I, it's a good it's a good point by Cass because you're right you you drain all your energy on defense and then you don't have the legs on the offensive side of things but that i mean these guys are world-class athletes they're they're all physically you know they should all be able to physically make it through an entire game by playing hard on both ends so i'm not stunned i mean they're they're also you know the best players are young players so there's no reason why they can't go go all out on both ends i mean horford aside obviously he's not the youngest guy but you know he what he doesn't also he doesn't also need to give you a ton on the offensive end but um you know when you're when you're getting stops that's just that's going to get you get you going that's going to get your your mindset in the right place your you know attitude is in the right place these guys are kind of feeding off each other so i think they're kind of going on adrenaline out there really i mean it's 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 a rush when you get a big stop on the defensive end and get out on the break like that's what why you play the game yeah. so that's one of the reasons behind it for sure and like you said john they're making it easier for themselves on offense by finding the open man whipping the ball around and not just trying to do not trying to put the team on their back you know each player isn't trying to do it all at once yeah i like so, that point jimmy laughing at I, dude i just made a good point no not you i i heard a good i forget who this said comment it. <laughs> i wish like the mtv me no like that mafia guy he gets made you know it's, oh, it's, he's, oh, he's getting made I thought there was like make me into a. Never mind, just go on. Do I have to school you on comic books and mafia movies and everything, Jimmy? What do you consume? <laughs> just Dude, folk- main could mean anything. Right. No, main it means this. Mean it's snacks. It's snacks uh, on the show. Bobby, well, just go. You make, Bobby, you, make su- you make such a good point about the defense and the way it energizes this team. I heard a great comparison. I forget who said it lately. That for most teams, trying to get stops and like trying to get around their deficiencies on the defensive end, it's work. <laughs> And it tires them out, and 
you know, teams start screening them and they just get worn out by trying to defend and keep up on that end of the floor. The Celtics are so good on that end that it makes the offense easier for them with these breakouts and stuff. Uh, they switch easily, so they're not exerting a ton of energy on that end. And the game just flows with relative ease for them. And it gives them a real floor, a real consistency, quarter to quarter, game to game. I mean, there's no letdown with this group because it all stems from defense. And that's such a focus for them that it doesn't look hard. You know, like it's not a struggle on the defensive end for them to get by. So that's another reason I really like their ability to make a big run here. Bobby, what did he may have to say? A little about the focus the rest of the way. They're going to balance some rest here with trying to make a run. At the, it was funny. He said they're trying to avoid the play-in. I think that's sort of in the past. In fact, I did the standings last night. They're yeah, I'll be honest. Much, I, I couldn't follow. I, John, when he sent that standings, I couldn't follow any of it. I'll be honest. They, they're pretty Which, much locked in as a home court team at this point, the way Chicago's sliding, Cleveland, all the rest. But um, I am going to go talk to Marcus real quick before I bounce back. All right, go talk to Marcus, Jimmy, and I'll just just keep putting up the mob references. Yeah. (laughs) Bobby, order the Gabagool. Oh, shit. I love it. Yo, I mean, dude, I understand. I get it now. I wasn't thinking. I wasn't looking. (laughs) It's not quite your homeschool gaffe, but it's, you know, you've had a couple questionable ones recently. I've had a couple. Listen, you know, I've had a couple. My head might not be completely in the the right space, maybe. Oh, man. I'm not thinking mafia when I'm talking about basketball. So, yeah, I know. Maybe I should be. I look at Bobby. I mean. Yeah, that was a mafia-looking type of an outfit for Bo- sure. Bobby, he's a good earner. <laughs> this this thing of ours. <laughs> oh, um, no, good stuff. Yeah, like I said, good stuff all around. And again, uh, the the talk about the 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 defense turning to offense. It's so true, but it's like it does. I really do think if it's not energy, it's leg- it's confidence. Like being good at one thing, you know. But like, you have to work. You have to work harder. I know, on but offense. you start to. It almost gets addictive. You're like, it, it becomes a thing when you realize, like, we're doing the, the best thing about the defense is like we're doing it together, and like it's connected, you know. And and on to the next to the next guy, you're switching, you're helping each other, and like you start to like just the way that they're playing defense. One guy's counting on the next guy so much so that you almost just can't let him down anymore. And then it works, and then you want to do it again, and then you want to do it again. So like it becomes that thing where you realize like these guys, and that makes you feel like like a big man. Which one are you laughing at now? <laughs> the one in quotes. <laughs> I don't know. They're going so quick right now. I can't yeah. even keep up with them. But but that uh, that makes you feel like a like and, and like a, a big guy, and you're like, I want to do that again. I want to do that again. You know, and that's what they're doing right now. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> the um, I know everybody has uh, been saying. Uh, it. No, I just want to say this, and you, yeah. everyone always knows this. It's harder to play offense when you're constantly giving up points. I mean, yeah, it's harder to play offense when you're playing poor defense because. <laughs> You're letting the defense come back, get back on you. And that's my point. I horribly, horribly said, but you understand what I'm saying. He, he never had the makings of a varsity <laughs> athlete. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to talk to Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. 
He just takes Marcus on the shoulder and just, yeah. It is funny. People are talking about it. We're sitting here giggling. Yeah, what a difference a month makes, guys. I mean, anybody who's like, oh, you want to be negative. No, it, it's much more enjoyable to have a team that's fun to watch. We, <laughs> dude, back in December, we, we were we were basically just like dead, lifeless oh my God. bodies. Just, we're calling every day Groundhog Day, and we were going through like clips of Groundhog Day comparing it to like the Celtics. That's yeah. how bad it was. And we honestly were like, how can we do how can we do an entire season like this? Yeah. We couldn't take the paper towels. No more paper towels, guys. You guys bullied me out of it. You won't see one ever again. Oh, Used man. them all up last night. That stuff is great. Um yeah, Bobby's got actual work to do. Jimmy and I are just here to giggle and poke yeah, fun yeah, at each actually, other for a little we're bit. We're just here to just here to hang. Yeah. Forget about it. Um so yeah, uh, so let's talk a little bit about it because it is getting interesting. The the Heat lose, um, and uh, the Celtics like are like dangerously close right now. To... One and a half. So he lose. Did Bucks or Sixers even play tonight? I haven't, I haven't even checked. Probably Sixers not. play late. Oh, uh, okay. Bucks won last night, so they inched back ahead of the Celtics, and the Celtics with a win jump back into a tie. With them, Sixers they, against the Lakers. Yeah, they're probably going to win that one. Sixers, pro- Lakers. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. Um, so that one's interesting. But you've got a couple things that happen. Celtics are tied with the Bucks for second place, only a game and a half back of the Heat. Again, that's two. That's uh, it's two in the loss column, though. Um, yeah. But then the other big thing, obviously, that happened today, which is freaking everybody out, is um, the mayor of New York. What's so funny? This this would about this. Yeah. This, this would have never happened if not for Aaron Judge. It, 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 Kyrie Irving did not win this battle. Aaron Judge won this battle. Um That's a great point. Have they been saying that pretty much? I think that that's a feeling, you know, uh that you know when it was going to come to the Yankees and you knew that one of their best players and like it was like, I don't know, special exemption, what do you say? You know, Bobby bag of donuts, what you got? And yeah. um you know, they friggin', you know, the they Yankees did it. have pull. The Brooklyn Nets do not have any freaking pull. Bobby, Bac- Bobby Bacala is like, let the kids play. And he did. And that was it, you know? <laughs> so tell everybody, John, go ahead. No, that's it. So now Kyrie plays every game starting tomorrow uh, for the rest of the season. And, uh, and uh, that means. Yeah, if you're rich and famous, you can, you can do whatever you want. Right. But that's freaking everybody out now. Cause we started talking about it. The, we had the conversation the other day and it was like, kind of split you know avoid the nets and don't get the what careful to get the one or the two seed or um, <laughs> now the nets are going to try to win everything now they want to now they want home court yeah um you know or who cares just play you know and, and whatever happens happens um i'm still firmly in the uh i'm firmly in the avoid the nets camp and not because yeah of course I mean, again not, now. not because you can't them. beat them only because that would be the one team that i think could possibly at this point upset the celtics in the first round and we have we've completely changed our thinking which is a celtics are probably going to finish in the five to eight zone five or five or six and still play one of the top teams and lose in the first round Two, okay if they get home court and they end up with a cleveland or chicago there's a good chance of winning now I'm certain any team they play in the first round, they will beat, except if it's Brooklyn, which I'm not certain of. doesn't mean I don't think they will. It's just that's the one where you're no longer certain, certain. Um, that being said, the Nets, with Kyrie and KD tonight, 
go into Memphis and, and lose to the Grizzlies who don't have John Morant. So I don't know I what think. to think of this team. And yeah. I just don't know how, even if Simmons comes back, I don't know how you integrate him into this team. He's a weird guy. Like they got to figure out his fit. I don't know that you know, he doesn't just, he's not just a guy who comes in and plays a position. They got to figure out who he's good with, what he does well. Is he the four? Is he the point guard? What the rotations are? It's going to be really hard to shoehorn Simmons in there. So they're messy. I'd just still rather duck that punch if I could. Of course. I mean, and Simmons aside, because, I mean, I think I might be taking a massive L on that one, and Bobby's going to have a victory lap. And if if he does, he does. The way it's looking right now, I don't know if Simmons is going to play. I mean, his back issue comes out of freaking left field. Herniated disc, is that what it was? I mean, this That's guy's Simmons, not overweight. Yeah. He's not old. I don't know what the hell's going on. I got a herniated disc sitting around for six months, but apparently he's got a herniated disc. So that is a completely colossal failure trade for the Nets if he doesn't play this year. Because um, obviously they were good enough to go to win. If they had James Harden on their team right now and Kyrie Irving just got the clearance, yeah, I know that there was the trouble amongst players for whatever reason, but just talent alone, I mean, they have to be the favorite. So you get rid of Harden. And didn't Seth Curry just get hurt? So, like, they're, they're, they've got a lot of issues over there in Brooklyn. But Kevin Durant is, you know, arguably the best player in the NBA. You can you can still make that argument. Kyrie Irving is one of the most talented players in the NBA. Um, we just saw him just go off last week. He could have probably dropped 80 if he played uh, long enough. Um, so these guys have the ability to take over games. When they flip a switch, yeah, they lost a weird one tonight. It's the NBA. That's going to happen once in a while. But. You know, we, we, you know, it wasn't too long ago where they met the Celtics. Now that was without Jalen Brown. And so that, that's kind of a wash, but they're just a tough, they're going to be a tough out. Whoever ends up with them, they're going to be a tough out. Yes, you can beat them, but why do you want to go to a freaking war in the first round if you don't have to? You know, you got to try to avoid them, yeah. you know, as long as you can. Let them, beat, let them go to war with another team for six games, you know? Yeah. So I don't know why anyone would be wanting to play them. We're not saying that they can't beat them. I think it's safe to say the Celtics can beat any team. Yeah. In the NBA at this point. All right. We want to take a little pause, tell everybody about our exclusive wagering partner, Bet Online, betonline.ag. It's that time of year as college basketball takes center stage. As the tournament is finally upon us, looking to wager, Bet Online is the number one spot for all your updated odds and information, along with great contests, including the bracket contest where you have a chance to take home the top prize. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50 to get started. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sport sporting wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. It's the fastest and easiest way to wager on all the popular sports and games. Bet Online, where the game starts once again. Head over there to the website, use that promo code CLNS50, and get started today. Look, the journalist, the TV producer, the guy who was once upon a time, you know, obsessed with ratings um, and views and clicks and all of that stuff, likes the Nets. It's fun, you know, um, right. because it's a good matchup and it's a good, and I like stories. So, yeah, it's great to play them. Oh, it'd be um, great. I, I want them to play it for Great the story. fun. And but I'm just saying, just simply to maximize your chance of winning, I, I it'd be better to not. Some people are making the argument though, um, they're going to be a mess early because they haven't really played together. So if you are going to run into them, better to run into them early than late. I I could see that. Well, if they're a mess, they won't get out of the first round. You never have to play them. Yeah. Um. And that's it. So that would be the only thing I would say. Uh, I, if 
right now, based on the way both teams are playing, I would take the Celtics. I wouldn't even hesitate. But yeah, I, 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 would, too. I would. I just don't. I don't think any of the other teams could possibly beat the Celtics at this point. Any of the other play-in teams, Atlanta, Toronto, Charlotte, none of those teams, Cleveland, if they fall in, none of those teams are beating the Celtics. No chance. Oh, if the Celtics end up with a top two seeding? End up with whichever one it is, whoever they play in that six through, honestly, at this point in that five through 10 range, the only one I just, I wouldn't feel a thousand percent confident watching them play right now uh, would be Brooklyn just because they can be whoever. So that's going to be the argument. Um, you know, there as things kind of wind down, it wouldn't be stunning if certain teams tried to tank. Like, you think Philly wants a piece? Uh, you know, I don't think so. I don't think Philly wants a piece of the Nets. Um, so it wouldn't be surprising if they start resting guys and they're like, you can have the two seed, you know? Um, so I don't know. That's that's where I'm at. I'm just trying to get my camera to focus, but it's impossible. So I'm just going to be this blurry face for a bit, and um, that'll be that. You're okay. Um, yeah, I mean, again, it's – I hate – I hate we do this all the time because it's fun, but we don't know. I mean, the, the East is so tight right now. We have no idea, like, where they're going to end up, what team's going to end up where. But I think at this point, the one thing that is – has happened over the last month or so is that we've become more confident in whoever they play. Because if you're a team that says, oh, you want to miss, you want to avoid this team, this team, this team, and this team, it's like, well, you're probably not a playoff team if you're trying to avoid half the freaking league uh, in the playoffs. But I don't think we're at that point anymore. I think if you're a Celtics fan or if you're the Celtics, you're ready to freaking, you know, yeah, go to battle, you know, bring him in. Who is it going to be? Who's, who's next? Yeah, bring him in. Sherrod, you look freshly shorn. You Sherrod. look like really, really cleaned up. What's up, bro? What's going on, buddy? I don't have a mask. I don't have a mask. Is that so all it is? Yeah. I, I, I had to. Sh- I had, well, I had to shave the shit. I'm stuff. That's what it is. That's what it exactly. is. You look, you know, um, masked man. Where's uh, Where's Where's Bobby Bag of Donuts? Is he in there or? I have no idea. Yeah. I have no idea. I know Marcus Smart just finished talking, which is which is great because um, I don't know how much you've talked about Marcus Smart so far. Okay. We actually haven't mentioned him once. So we're, we're no we're, way. We didn't get Seriously? in. So he gets the Brownie had... Award tonight. He gets the Brownie Award. And if you haven't mentioned him yet, he gets I, the Brownie Award. I would be more than happy to give him the Brownie Award. I'd consider giving it to Rob also. But I think Marcus making a career high in assists. And again, when your team makes 80% of your the field goals, it's easier to get those dimes. But it doesn't oh, matter. There it is. There it doesn't it is. matter. Always he he was awesome. Always a butt. Well, look, what did we he, say about Marcus? The best version of Marcus is the one who doesn't shoot a lot. Three freaking field goals, 13 assists. He was all over the place, man. Hey, he was shout all- out us. We've been saying that for, what, two seasons now? So shout out us. Even though he didn't probably like to hear it, <laughs> shout out us. Yeah, Sherrod, go ahead. The, the thing the thing about him today was that it just came so easy to him and the entire team. I mean, they made their first 10 shots. Who the hell makes their first 10 shots in the NBA against a, t- a team like Utah, which, by the way, is the ninth best defense in the NBA? Uh, this was this was embarrassing. I mean, just oh talking with some of the folks in Utah, I mean, this was an embarrassing loss. The Celtics are the better team. I, I get that. But, damn, this they didn't show up. There's no compete at all. And, but, and I, I give the Celtics a lot of credit for that because what we've been talking a lot about is how they basically just take the will out yeah. of teams early and teams are just – 
They're just helpless. So uh, yeah. that is the kind of the question is like if you're it depends how you look at it, right? You're always looking at it from the team you cover or the team you're a fan of's perspective. And you play a bad game or you play a game like this, you're on the receiving end of it and you're like, we didn't have it tonight. But the other team and the fan base says, nah, man, we took it from you. We, we, we stomped you out. So it's always interesting, like, are these teams leaving here thinking, okay, we didn't play our best game and they took advantage of it? Or are they thinking like, that's a freaking buzzsaw over there right now? Cause I don't know how you would, you know, it's not like you lost by 10, 12, 15. You literally just, it was never a competitive ball game. They, they destroyed you. Teams are leaving here lobotomized after they play the Celtics. That's what, that's what's happening because they're, they take everything that you value as a team and just, rip it out, shred it in front of you. Like I said, they're taking your lunch money every single game. Think about this. Rudy Gobert is one of the elite defensive players in the NBA, really not just in general, but just for the last decade, maybe all the time, three defensive player of the year awards. You know how many block shots he had tonight? The same as John Zanis, yep. Jimmy Toscano, Bobby Manning, and Sherrod Blakely. Yep. That should never happen. In fact, and not only did he have a big fat goose egg, he was a no-show. Their entire team finished with zero block shots. That's inexcusable for a top 10 defensive team, particularly one that has, like, you know, the biggest big man on the floor. So, like I said, they lobotomize teams when they come into this building. And and they, they take it a step further, and they do it on the road. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Sorry, Sherrod. We, we, you missed some good stuff earlier, and we're, we're still giggling a little bit. But you're right. They're – they're absolutely you see the slumped shoulders right it's that's the best thing you watch a couple defensive possessions and a team just can't get anything going then you know the Celtics just bing bang boom their offense was a machine tonight they just go the other way one time they got it down to like 19 Celtics came right back stepped on the gas back to 27 you know Rob's blocking shots with his friggin' armpits and everyone's like oh man you know like uh Bobby or Jimmy mentioned it the Tice block after that Utah's like, ah, what do we, we can't, I don't want to do this anymore. They just yeah, didn't we're, look. We're at this they, stage of the game. <laughs> yeah. Their third, their third center or fourth center, depending on how you want to look at it, is pinning your stuff on a glass like the Kimbe Mutombo. Tice is awesome tonight. The best Tice since last year, right? Yeah. He's getting settled in. That's another thing Ime talked about post game was the bench starting to acclimate itself more and more. That's been his emphasis the last week or so here is getting those guys into a flow. Certainly Pritchard's in one big time right now, and we'll get to him again by the end of the show. I'm sure we will. I gave you a layers. shot. I gave they're you stacking, a shot. They're stacking layers. I like to go from the top to the bottom. So smart, setting the table. You talked about the 10 for 10 start, Sherrod. He was everywhere moving the ball in that first quarter. One of his best quarters ever. This might have been Smart's best game ever in my mind. In total control. No, no. No. I mean, he's this had, is career no. high he's had, he's for had, He's had five or six better games this year. You know, he, easily. Right this might have been any of those. This might have been one of his better playmaking games. But but the, the, I, I have to put it in context of the fact that the Celtics – pretty much made every damn shot they took early on. Yeah, fair I mean, enough. He, had, he, he had 10 assists in the first 13 minutes on the court. Who the hell does that? First ball doesn't do that. 10 assists in 13 minutes, that's a little bit more than just getting guys the ball in the sweet spots. That's just guys making anything and everything they throw up, which is great if you're the Celtics. That's what you want, obviously. Yeah, it's early offense, though. He's getting them in those sets quickly. 
Uh, and mm-hmm. he's the one, oftentimes, him and Horford turning the defense into offense. Uh, it is it's amazing seeing how he has just embraced his position. You hear the defiance he talks with. Max obviously got him on the elevator saying it's all about just getting the ball to the point guard. And you hear him say this again and again, like, that's who I am. You know, we were just waiting to get me in that spot. Like, he is very emboldened in the fact that him getting into this role, whether he's done it or not, I think that's a big debate tonight is whether this has always been smart. It, it's See, it's beautiful to watch right now. It, it is, but it, I don't believe it's always been him because I just think that he, you know, there was a point where he was looking to prove himself as a scorer in this league. I mean, he he, he had the, 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 the kind of the, the banner of being a combo guard and he wanted to establish himself as a scorer uh, more so than a playmaker. But now I, I give him a lot of credit. He's doing exactly what you want your point guard to do. And I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the fact that Marcus is at that age where most NBA players are at their peak. And that's what we're seeing. I think this is the best version of Marcus Smart that we are seeing because he's at the best point we can in compromise his career on that. to be that. So, so is this something that has just taken Marcus, you know, this amount of time to get yeah. to where they needed him to be, sort of situation? Because I mean, this yeah. is a new, this was a new role for him. Right. I think it's a, it's a style, I think situation type thing. Uh, he is playing the style of basketball, and he's been put in a situation where he can do that with some consistency. And they're showing trust in him. I mean, that's the big thing. I, I think that there was a period of time where they really weren't sure if he could handle the load that Ime expects from him. But he's obviously proven himself worthy of, of being the playmaker full time and, and not just having to play off the ball uh, at all. So, I agree with that a thousand percent. He had to prove it to them. He had to prove it to Ime. You know, he talked to the Athletic about that. Great interview earlier in the year where. He said basically he may challenge him that he can't do this. And he you know, sort of walked that back. But there was a sense that he wanted to do it. He said after Chicago, maybe put the ball in my hands more. I'm just standing in the corner here. There's not much I can do about it. And then he actually went out and showed it. And that Washington ran it. That was really the landmark moment that's what, for him going out there and just firing the ball around, not shooting. That's what bugs me about the narrative here is why can't we just watch it and say he wasn't doing it the way they wanted or he hadn't shown it enough or consistently for a period of time to the point that there was legitimate concern among fans and the organization and his head coach that they might not have the first the right floor general and to all of a sudden things starting to work him upping the level of his game him finally listening to some of the stuff that was being probably fed to him by coaches not just Ime, but brad last year if you're gonna do this thing this thing of ours here if you're gonna run the show you gotta wasn't this do, the central you issue gotta do it, Brad? You gotta do it like this. And like not just him with Tatum and with Brown. If you're gonna we, there's stuff we can do here if you just do it this way. And again, we talk about the wholesale buy-in. I think it began with Smart, so credit to him. But let's not pretend we've seen this and that everybody saw it from the we've get-go. Seen bits and pieces. Bits and pieces, but even Ime was like, I you know, I don't know. Smart saying he may doesn't think I'm a point guard. Smart himself is admitting that his own coach doesn't think he can do the thing that every fan and you know is out there saying we always knew it. Nobody actually knew it. They wanted they wanted it to be true, right. and they had to see it. And now you're seeing it. So like that's great. I mean, I you know it was hard to say that this was exactly how this team and Marcus was going to play. After having saw what we saw to start the year, it didn't look like it was working. It didn't, and now it looks flawless. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an, it's a remarkable turnaround. Beautiful thing. 
So yeah, I don't know, Sherrod. I don't know what happened there, but it was. Wasn't uh, this the biggest? This is the biggest controversy around Brad is that he allowed Smart to do whatever he wanted out there. And Brad talked about it often when he was a coach. He was like, all right, if he's going to do these things on defense for us, we'll give him more leeway to be yeah. free and loose offensively. Mm-hmm. And he may tighten it up a bit, certainly. I don't know what the – I'm still digging to see, like, what the conversations were, you know, where it changed. The I love you moment really seemed like that turning point, didn't it? Back from the injury. Starts firing the ball around everywhere. The offense ramps up. His assists ramp up. His ball time ramps up. And from there, they've rarely lost. And that was the turning point of the season, it felt like, was that win in Washington when he came back. Yeah, I mean, the, the, uh, go ahead, Jimmy. Go ahead. No, co-sign. He took the oh. words right out of my mouth. All right, Sherrod, then. Okay. The thing, the thing about Marcus that we all understand is that what he is doing in a freedom and flexibility that he was given is typically given to your best defensive player. Uh, when you look at teams that have that one guy that really stands out, teams go out of their way to give them freedoms that they don't give everyone else because they're going to get that back and then some at the other end of the floor. So that's why Marcus Smart was essentially given a green light to shoot when he wanted to because they knew that what he brought to the table defensively was going to compensate for whatever shortcomings he had as an offensive player. But now, as the primary playmaker, he's doing a better job of finding that balance between taking shots, probably fewer, which we saw tonight, getting other guys involved, and still bringing that 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 defensive intensity and edge that they need. I mean, he, again, he is playing at the absolute best of what he has to offer. This is the best version of Marcus Smart we're seeing right now, all, all around game. There's no, I don't think there's, I don't think that's even questionable at this point. Not even questionable. questionable. Oh yeah, what is your question? Sure, for Sherrod, did the acquisition of Derek White compel Marcus Smart to really step things up and play the style that maybe he was supposed to be playing more so prior to the acquisition of Derek White. Did he feel a little heat? Did he feel a little pressure there? I would imagine he would. I mean, especially when you consider Derek Wright, you know, Derek White's profile. I mean, he's similar size to Marcus, a good defender. And oh, by the way, he played with most of this coaching staff. So there's that the familiarity that he knows that they have that's probably stronger than what he had with them at at the same point. So, yeah, I think that definitely helped. But at the end of the day, Marcus was basically given an opportunity to do what he asked for. He wanted to be more of a playmaker. He wanted to have the ball in his hands more. And that's what eventually Ime and Jason and and Jalen have allowed to happen. Because that, that, to me, Ime, I I think Ime has been cool with Marcus having the ball as much as he needs it, but it was Tatum and Brown that had to buy into that. Um, that's to me when they bought into it, that's when you saw the change because remember mm-hmm. Marcus would bring the ball up and he'd pass it to Tatum and Tatum would just go isolate Tatum. And now that's not happening nearly as much. Yeah. And that was the thing is like, you know, when we always kind of sliced up the blame pie early in the year, I would always put the biggest helping on, um, on, on Tatum and Brown for yeah. Yeah. not, without them buying in without them doing it all it's impossible for everyone else to and i think you needed that in order for there to be that trickle down and i think marcus could not be the guy he wanted to be if those guys were going to play my turn your turn basketball he's right and if he was gonna and if he was gonna insist i want the ball i want things to run through these guys because i want them to you know uh you know be be playmakers in x y and z uh 
it was weird. And, you know, we had a lot of games where you just had non-shooting lineups, Smart and Schroeder on the floor at the same time with Tatum handling the ball, terrible spacing, and just kind of really weird finishes and a bunch of blown fourth quarter leads. It just looked horrible. It looked horrible. Um, so those guys first had to buy in in order to get Marcus to be the best version of himself. And then everything kind of took off from there. But Jimmy said the trade of White, I think it was everything. Smart was hurt or COVID or whatever it was, and he came back from it. And I think he felt the heat. He felt that it was possible he could be traded. He knew yeah, it. You saw him lobbying for everything. He did that interview about, um, about you know, Ime, this and that. He went out and just volunteered the fact in the post-game press conference that he told everybody. Nobody asked him, hey, did you tell your team you loved them? He just kind of put it out there. So he was doing some – he was kind of putting out there like – I want to be the guy here. I really like it here. I, I want, I, we can make this work. You just got to have faith in me. And it all kind of started to fall into place somewhere after that. But I don't know if it's a moment. I don't know what it was, but I agree with Sherrod. Like it had to start with those guys in order for it all to work because otherwise we'd see flashes and you'd see pieces, but it just didn't seem like it was cohesive. Uh, and n- certainly not for four quarters, almost never uh, on a right. nightly basis. Even some of the wins, it was like, ah, they slugged that one out, but it was ugly at times. You know, like they they're playing hard, near yeah. they're playing near perfect games now for, <clears throat> for two months. You know, I mean, almost perfect games. It's incredible. And when they don't, they make up for their mistakes in such a resounding way that they're still pulling away from teams. It, it's it's remarkable. Yeah, I mean, and, and to me, the, the thing that, that really, really jumps out is that they're at a point now where you really can't plan on locking any one or two guys up because, you know, you're, you're seeing what happens when teams double or blitz Tatum. He's getting the ball exactly where it needs to be, and those guys are making plays. Uh, Al Horford is starting to, you know, kind of get into a nice flow, nice rhythm with a lot of those open corner Jays that he's starting to knock down. Derek White had a couple of shots that he knocked down. Pritchard has been off the charts uh, the last, you know, four or five games. And it makes them an extremely difficult team to slow down offensively. And then you got to deal with them at the other end of the floor, where to me, I, I thought one of one of the great sequences was was near. I think it was near the end of the second or third quarter, where you had two, you had two block shots by the Celtics at the rim, and neither one of them was by Robert Williams. And that is when you start saying, "Shit, we can't even get buck, buckets at the rim when their best rim protector is on the bench." I mean, we got freaking you know. Daniel Tice looking like the Kimbe Mutamo pending stuff, you know, at the rim. Like the, they, like I said, they are putting teams in a incredibly tough spot at both ends of the floor now. And that's what makes them a scary team come playoff time. Cause now they're starting to kill you at both ends of the floor. Yeah. We used to shit on them for the way they started games. Remember how that's because they played like shit at the start of games. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like they, used, a- they used to be the team down 15 or 20 after the first quarter. Yeah, completely different. It's it's honestly baffling. I'm I'm wondering. I don't even know if you can compare, like the roller coaster of this season to like there can't be many other seasons. Not talking about Celtics, but just in the NBA. That's like a team looks as freaking bad as they did for two months, and then just completely turns it around, like without without getting you know their superstar player back that was missing. You know what I mean, like. Like it's right. been the same players, you know, more or less. You I mean, obviously you brought Derek White in and, and you lost a couple of, you know, role players, but the core of these guys are the same. And for them to just do this 180-degree turnaround, it's just crazy. I mean, like, again, the, nobody can honestly say that they saw this coming. 
No, no, not Except even the players. But other than us, I can't imagine anybody else. <laughs> and even when you hear the players talk about how we always believe, we always believe, you may have thought you would be better. I do believe they always felt they'd be better, but I can't imagine that they at some point felt this much we're going to have we're going to have the best defense in the NBA and we're going to be top five offense and we're going to win like 70, 80 percent of our games the rest of the way. Um, no, I don't I don't think that they had that type of foresight, but they're better and they're consistent. And that's the one thing that really stands out to me is their consistency. They're not just beating the crap out of teams every now and then and squeaking out other ones. They're crushing teams home and on the road. And, and that's and again, they're crushing teams who have certain players who are dominant, and those players are not being dominant. We saw what they did with Jokic. Uh, he's so much better a player than what we saw against the Celtics, but they made him very small. Uh, we saw it in Philadelphia with, with Embiid. We saw it tonight with uh, you know Donovan Mitchell, who had a great game. I mean, 37 points, shot 13 for 24 from the field, six rebounds. Usually, that's going to get a Utah win, but instead, they got their asses whipped by damn near 30 points, uh, and so that's what you're dealing with when you step on the floor with the Boston Celtics now. A team that your best player can have a great game and you can still get your ass kicked by 30. I've said this a couple of times, but uh, it bears repeating. The first half of this season, they were playing so bad where they were expecting to lose. They were playing like losers. They were Even when they were winning, they would blow leads and they would just kind of wait to lose. They changed the way they play. They string a few wins together and now... The mindset's different. They're out there expecting to win games. They're out there expecting to go up 20, not go down 20, and keep that lead or, or to just take suck the life out of the opponent. So, like, they've been on the other side of this. And and luckily for them, I mean, they, at one point they hit rock bottom. I don't know which game you guys want to pick. There are a couple of them there. Maybe it was that Knicks game. Um, they hit rock bottom, and something happened where they just said, you know what, like, we're done feeling this way. We're done playing this way. Like, this is this is horrible, and we're better than this. And now they expect greatness. They expect to win. They, ex- they expect to lift each other up, you know, not go at each other, not bring each other down, not complain to the media or complain, you know, little little things like that. You know, like they're just out there killing dudes. Yeah. They, yeah. And, and that's, I, that's the mark of a I, I'm truly baffled by it. I never I never thought that they were this mentally tough. I I, I thought the opposite. I thought that they were a mentally weak team and that that's why this season was going the way it was, but all credit to them for turning. I mean, credit Ime. I think Ime has done wonders for them, for their mindset and for their mentality. I think tough love goes a long way. And, and finally they, you know, he, he, you know, got to them and where they finally they bought in. And you know, I'm sure the assistant coaches, Stoudemire and those guys probably had a say in that too. I mean, those are guys that have, that have been around mm-hmm. the block in this league. So, um, you know, it took a little bit longer than people wanted, but it didn't take, too long where they didn't have the amount of time to turn around. And now they're in a position, Sherrod, where realistically they could be the one seed. I'm not saying that they're, that they are going to be, but they're a game and a half out of the, out of first place in the Eastern Conference. And like that to me is just crazy. Just yeah. Crazy. I mean, I, at, at this point, I, I don't think it should even be really much of a race for coach of the year. I mean, I think Eme should get it hands down. I mean, I know there's some people who are, you know, they'll look at, you know, what Monty's doing in Phoenix, but shit, he did that last year in Phoenix. He's not right. doing anything significantly better than he did right. the previous year. For Eme to come in and basically change the mindset, change uh, the, the games of Tatum, made Tatum a better all-around player. Tatum could always score, but now he's a playmaker too. Uh, you look at Marcus Smart yeah. goes from being a defensive uh, guy who takes bad shots to a wily veteran playmaker who's getting you 
freaking 10 assists in 13 minutes against the ninth best defense in the NBA. That has a lot to do with coaches putting him in the right positions to be successful. And, and he, he definitely, uh, I, I can't see how he wouldn't be coach of the year at this point, considering where this team began, where they are now. Because the folks who vote for that stuff, it's always a what have you done for me lately thing. And Ime lately has been exceptional. Uh, I know, but the betting he... odds, Monty's still a huge favorite. I'm, well, I'm taking it. Going, yeah, because they're going to go based on record. And listen, the Suns are having an unbelievable season. So it, it, no one's going to say, oh, he doesn't deserve it. But to Sherrod's point, what Ime's been able to do in his first year here, taking over a team that, man, I mean, they were, the, the organization itself was just in a tough place when, when Ime mm-hmm. took over. And he's changed, the, he's changed the culture back. You know, I'm not going to give 100% credit to him, but he obviously had a huge, huge – I mean, these are the same players as last year, you know, and, and he's been able to – really change their mentality, change the culture, change the narrative around these guys. I mean, man, the way last season ended, I honestly thought like, man, like this franchise is going down the shitter like really fast right now. And it's like, it was just one thing after another, the way, the way it was going. And, and I don't feel that way right now. And I think a huge part of that has to do with email. Now, I don't expect the national media to latch onto that, but around here, if you're a Celtics fan or if you're a, you know, if you're a Boston sports fan, you definitely know, the, the the difference that he's had. Yeah, yeah, I, I love Ime. I really do. He's he's been incredible for this team. Like, and I just love the confidence. I love the persistence of his approach and his messaging, and the toughness, the accountability, all those different things, and the criticism. That was my favorite part. Everyone wanted the chair thrower, the tough personality, the guy who was really going to dig into them. And I know the chairs aren't flying across the court, but this is about the closest you'll probably get to it in modern coaching. And he doesn't like, I love that moment, Sherrod, a couple of weeks ago when he was like, yeah, some people didn't like me challenging their mental toughness, but I did it. And look at the results. Like, I just love that assuredness from him. You know, he's not hearing any of the criticism. He's just doing his thing. And even the losses really didn't get in the way of his approach. Like a lot of first year coaches, Sherrod would have, probably wavered on their plan and their scheme and everything they were doing. Can you guys hear me now? Yeah, we can. You're you're, all right. I mean, Bobby, to your point, I mean, when you look at the coaches who are consistently putting out teams that are making deep, meaningful playoff runs, there's an edge about them, a toughness about them, a, a, a willingness to challenge their players regardless of what their pay status may be, regardless of if you're a max player or end of the bench guy. You're, And that is what Ime brought to the table. You look at, you know, Spolstra in Miami. You look at Popovich in San Antonio. You, you start going down a line and list of the top coaches in the NBA. They have that edge to them. And he made them without question has that edge. And, and to your point, Bobby, I was concerned about whether he would modify that a little bit as, you know, during those rough times early on. But to his credit, rather than just tweak it, should he double down on that and, and just wouldn't just would not back down from his belief that we have to be a tougher team mentally and damn it from hella high water. I'm going to make it happen. And he did. Yeah. The thing you mentioned earlier, what I was trying to say, Sherrod is I am surprised. It's not that he hasn't shot up the rankings in terms of the favorites for coach of the year because of the recency bias. And because of the fact that like, it is really, it's always like a turnaround sort of thing. You had a team that was 500 last year coached by a coach who had a really, um, you know, who, who was a successful coach, highly regarded. Um, and you're a rookie coach. So you're a rookie 
You took a team that was mediocre last year that played like ass the first half of this year and turned them into an absolute freaking wagon in the second half of the year. Like that's, this should be runaway unanimous coach of the year sort of stuff. It's stunning to me that like, it's still like everyone's like, oh, it's Monty's to lose. I I can't believe it because it's, I, I don't just think he has, I don't just think he checks the boxes. I think we are too quick to blame coaches for, for, for when things go wrong. I actually don't believe Ime is getting nearly enough credit for how things are going well here because the same core was here last year and they were not responding. You got to be close to it, John. Like, do you think anyone knows that you had a conversation you know, with Rob and said, you I don't know, but they injuries? were not responding. And Brad is an, ex- was an extremely good coach and a coach who has connected with players in the past and a coach who cares about his players and a coach who players believe in because they know he's smart and he knows what he's doing out there. So they trust that he's going to put them in the best position to succeed. And he couldn't reach the guys anymore. And he may come in and taken the same core group of people and completely turned them around and made them into a version of them that I don't think we could have fathomed they would become. It's so it's, it really is. Uh, it's a bigger deal than, than people are, are, are making it out to be. That stuff doesn't just happen like that. You know, it's, it's complete 180 right in the middle of a, a season. It's incredible. So I don't know. Yeah. It's great. And again, yes, Fine, Kemba gone, Horford in. You have they had the pieces to build the type of thing you wanted with a defensive team. There's certain things that worked, things that were working against them last year, where they couldn't be the team Brad wanted exactly them to be. Um, but still, games it's the here. same core. It's the same core here. You know. Yeah, no, it's a little different, not too much. The core pieces are the same essentially. The edges have been adjusted a little bit, but yeah. it's the little things that you just pick up from being around this team every day like that. I, I go back to that conversation he had with Rob and others about playing through pain. That was an issue on this team. And he just shared it up. Uh, the leadership stuff, the intangibles. He's touched almost every single part of this product here, this team and this dynamic between everybody involved. You can go up and down the line here. The rotation, some of the young guys and the way they develop, management of guys that haven't played a lot of minutes. Like he really got pressured through some tough times to get to, to where he is now. Um, and that's a credit to him, too. What do you want to say about Pritchard, Bob? Drink. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's, it's just great watching him play like this. It really is. Like, every single time he shoots it now, you know it's going to go in. It wasn't that way early on. And there's, like, these little pockets of time he plays in where you talk about the key to a bench being, like, extending runs and turning these – double-digit games and the 20-point games, 30-point. That's the kind of stuff he's doing, especially early in third quarters. John, I know you look at it and say, oh, he's just running up the score in garbage time. These games are still moderately close when he's sprinkling in those one-two buckets and pushing it upwards. Those are important baskets. I'm not. I'm just – I'm trying not to overstate the numbers. Uh, The numbers are what they are because he has had a lot of fourth-quarter success, and – it, that doesn't mean he's not knocking them down. Like he could have won that Dallas game over the last days. over the last you know week to ten days. He's been making more consistent contributions throughout the game uh, and at earlier times. The that bench you, he has had a couple of great stints in that second team second quarter unit that's also had Tatum out there, and they've really 
uh, distanced themselves from teams in a couple of games and taken games that were eight, 10 point games to 20, 20 point first quarter leads and put it. So he's been part of units that have really uh, extended leads and, and played really well. But for the most part, a lot of that stuff was coming, as I said, is 70% of his overall production over the last, you know, 15, 20 games is fourth quarter production. And some of that was early fourth when they were giving some starters a rest, but a lot of it was garbage time too. Doesn't matter. He's in there playing in the all quarters now. He's subbing in in the first or second quarter. If the ball comes to him, he's hitting a shot. So it doesn't matter where you're putting him in. They're going down right now. It's just a matter of he really wasn't being used that much. So the accumulated numbers were a lot of late numbers. R- r- right now, though, I, I'm stunned when he misses. You know, if he gets an open look, I'm I'm shocked when it doesn't go in. He's got that kind of vibe right now. And the he's defense have improved. The hot hand. Shooters, shooters get hot like that, man. And when they do, you you got to find time to get them on the court. I mean, th- this is the time to play him. He's making I us mean, believers, you know, like that he can play real minutes. Um, and we yeah. saw it. We saw it in spurts last year, but he hit a wall last year, and then this year he was buried. And and you know, I think we all saw the writing on the wall when they brought in Schroeder that he was gonna, you know, find himself finding some hard, uh, harder time to find to get minutes. But then once the trade happened, you know, he he and I've said it on past couple of shows he's one of the few young guys that actually ran with the opportunity that he got and made the most of it and, and earned Emay's trust and earned the playing time i mean Neesmith smith was up in maine yesterday romeo is in san antonio this guy i don't know who that's tony know. jones that's like tony him. jones from the athletic uh like aka the oh, cover of great. the tina got the ass whip he's yeah great. he covered that tina just got the ass whip <laughs> yeah he's my he one hey, east to get let's his, get, hey, let's, let's get his take on the Celtics. he's my one utah follow some yes. Tony, what, what happened? Tony, what happened tonight? Who's what better, Ro- who's better, Rob or Rudy? Yeah, Ro- hey, if you could have Rob or Rudy, Rob or Rudy, pick one. Hold on, he can't, he can't hear you guys. Hey, you I gotta, just I gotta, ask I gotta, him for us. Just ask him. Rob or Rudy? Who would you have, Rob or Rudy? Robert Williams or Rudy Gobert? Who's a better player? Who would you have right now, right, like today? Rudy. He says Rudy. Wow. It'll take him a little. It'll take him a little. He'll get there. He'll get there. It's all right, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with Tony saying that. Why do you say it so confidently? His boy just got worked tonight from start to finish. It was was one game. It was one game. The Rudy thing really is crazy. This guy's becoming. This guy's becoming one of the most hated players in the league because well, Rudy's an easy guy to hate. I mean, damn. <laughs> well, he started COVID because he gave the last couple he gave years. COVID to the- he oh yeah, he started. He I started didn't, COVID. I didn't he say. gave COVID to America. Yeah. He shut down sports. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He created the bubble. Oh man, he's never gonna shake that. Even though. On the gloves, whatever. I'll let that go. But anyway, the booze in here for Rudy were very loud today. In well, intros, every time he touches the ball, well, he should have been booed. Like he left the Celtics. The French are tough to yeah. like in general. He's better, he's better so. You said that. this before, Jimmy, and I had somebody get mad at you, okay? Well, <laughs> okay. We're, we're, this I'm is why you didn't like Fournier, Jimmy. No, we're, we're Francophiles on this show, Jimmy. We don't oh, say that not. kind of stuff. I mean, all right, you're a big Evan Fournier fan? Were you a huge fan? Yes. Why are you going to bring Fournier? Bring him in. Country. Oh, he's not French. Jawan Beggarin speaks French, though. So you gotta show some respect okay. to me. I'm cool with the with the with the with the language. That's it. <laughs> it's a romantic uh, language to learn. You gotta uh, you gotta know a few words to 
you know, make a couple updates with our bracket best version of ourselves and uh, Brockton Wi Fi make it into the Elite Eight. Uh, it looks like phenomenal is coasting into the Elite Eight. Um, some of the others are still too close to call, so vote whether it be on our polls here or on Twitter. Uh, as we whittle it down by the end of tonight, by the end of this show, voting is closed. We are tabulating the polls wow. and we are on to the elite eight. Couple of so, tight races, couple of blowouts. You know, it's classic March Madness. You know, you get a little bit of everything. So this is what we've got. Bike Watch and Marcus Smart is a little bit too close to call. Herman Gomez is locked in a tight battle there with Bobby's wow. bucket hat. He was uh, here tonight. Yes. Yeah. In his, in his Boomer, Boomer Rage and Calm. Too close to call. That's a wow. That, that's like a one versus two. Boomer Rage versus Calm. Calm the five seed Calm? making a run here? Calm yeah, should have been seated higher than that. I, I I think Calm is a very strong five seed. I might be a little biased. Yeah. I think that was kind of like the, uh, Calm feels like a three seed. Calm guy. It, it is what it is. Right now, the seedings are seedings are out the window. It's just a bunch of teams scrapping, I, 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 trying yeah, to get I mean, trying to get there to the elite the committee, eight. The committee will discuss rankings again next year, but they again, are what they are. So if, if them... you missed the poll in the chat, you got to head. Yeah, no, it's closed on Celtic CLNS. This is it, guys. This is it's. We're in the final tabulation. Um, wow. So can, that's I ask, uh, can I ask one more thing before we get out of here? What yeah. happened in Miami tonight? Can we, so, can we, hey, John, I sent you the, the Twitter clip. I was hoping that you I watched the video. I didn't want to play it for copyright issues, but at the end of the day, um, uh, Spolstra, Spolstra and Jimmy were getting into it on the bench, and um, Haslam jumped to Spolstra's defense, stood up, and he and Jimmy got in each other's face. So, what do you mean, copyright issues? The NBA, they, they, everyone can play whatever the hell they want, it seems like. Sometimes, but who you got back there, Sherrod, yapping in your ears? Is that Tony? Yes, it's just Tony. Tony that's just what Tony does. It was more. It was way more about Butler and Spolstra than it was Butler and Haslam. And so these I, guys over here are talking about Rob and Rudy, dummies. So I don't know. I don't know what happened there, but the Heat have slipped a little bit here. Celtics play them next Wednesday. Celtics are a game and a half back of them. That happened fast. They were four a few days ago, and I thought that was a little unattainable with 11, 12 games left. Now all of a sudden. The Celtics could be the one seed next week. Never mind by the end of the year. The way they're winning, the way they're just taking on anybody right now, and I kind of feel like they're gonna. Like other teams are swinging rest here. I know the Nets lost again tonight. Like other teams are just sort of coasting to the finish line here, but the Celtics are just on this roll that yeah. doesn't look like it's ending anytime soon here. And I know there was a lot of concern about dodging Brooklyn and stuff. They got Kyrie back in the fold full time soon now, it looks like. And I think they're going to rise a little bit above that spot by the time this ends here. So you're suddenly in a really good position entering the playoffs well, if you're the Celtics you are, one. You, you are, Bobby. But you got to keep in mind, Bobby, that the Celtics have like the third toughest schedule, remaining schedule in the NBA. Yeah, that road so trip at the end. The, yeah, so for them to get, especially at the very end of the season, I mean, you're playing, you know, you, you, yeah. If you're the Celtics, you're hoping that you're playing teams that already have their playoff position cemented and they're just resting guys. Because then it becomes a matter of their backups versus your backups. Yeah. And if you're if you're the Celtics, it's like, well, okay. The way Pritchard is shooting, the way Derek yeah, White is doing his it, thing. Jimmy. Grant? Guys, I do want to share one thing. Hold on, hold Point on. I, I, 
Paul. Okay. Point being, it was a full minute argument. It was an extremely long argument between coach. Fifty-four and seconds. If, yes, I mean, it was. Is- uh, I I, I want to share one thing before we go because I have a programming note. I, and it was. It was a long argument. It was heated. They went at it for a while. It was a uh, very heated argument. I think it deserves more than just a brush over. So it's yeah. heated. We Jim, Jimmy's fart and apology cam both make it into the Elite Eight. Couple tight ones, though. Bike Watch and Marcus are, are still going here. Um, so oh, the, real, those are real already quick. in. Programming note, um, come tomorrow, we've got a special guest, a Cedric Maxwell podcast. I'm going to play you guys a little clip of it. Oh, I lost your rod. I'm going to play you guys a little clip of it. I want you guys to go make sure that you are ready. Subscribe to the pod tonight, and boop, you'll be notified when the when the thing goes live tomorrow. We'll have video of it, uh, but here it is. Here's a special guest. It's one of those banners, man. I, I, I'm, I, uh, I can you not see it? it? I know that voice, uh, Listen. Could you see it? Could not see it. Uh, I can no. picture it in my head. Why didn't it play? We'll bleep this out. We'll bleep this whole thing out. Nobody will ever know it screwed up. Let's start over. What do we got? It's Ray Allen. Ray Allen with Max. For some reason, the video I was sent is not playing. Oh, you had Ray? Ray was on it? Ray Allen is on the Cedric Maxwell podcast tomorrow. I was going to tease it and play it for you guys. but Why don't you try it one more time? We'll bleep this number. It's one of those banners, man. I, I, I'm, I, I got nope. to go with it. Still not working. I listen. Uh, winning. You, you heard Ray? That sounds like Ray. That's what it was. That was Ray. Um, but wait, yeah. what about what? What did he say on that clip? He was talking about. Uh, he's talking about a ton of things. He's talking about the reunion with KG. He's also talking about um, Tatum and Brown um, and just how they're playing and you know a message for them. There's a lot of really good stuff on here. Max really gets guys to talk. Sorry, the clip didn't play. I wanted you guys well, to see see Ray's face it. there. Yeah. What up, Bob? Uh, but it's good stuff. Uh, it's a good, it's a good clip, uh, and it's a good interview. So you'll I see it tomorrow. See it tomorrow. Yeah. I wanted to it'll play be, it. I'm it'll sorry. be all over the place tomorrow because a lot of people want to hear from Ray and want to want to, you know, like he hasn't done really. I mean, he did a little interview with Scal um, after the KG ceremony, but this guy's been out of the picture for a long time, and he was, you know, as much as people don't want to admit it, he was extremely loved here in Boston, and I think it would be great. Again, I've said this before. It's very important to have former Celtics, especially Celtics greats, in the building, in the in the down the halls, you know, walking the halls and and being a part of the culture and and the history of this franchise. That's what you that's your selling point is the history and all that stuff. And and you're not gonna get people to come here on on the weather or by the know, way, like, or you know, no taxes and things. You're gonna get them to come if they care about the history, the legacy, you know fans and and the city that cares about their team. So you need guys like Ray around. You need, you need to be all on the same page. So I'm, I'm so glad that, you know, the hatchet's kind of been buried. I hope that the fans can get over it and can move on because it's, it obviously, it's obvious that KG has, and um, I'm going to definitely be interested to watch that interview. Listen to that tomorrow. So by the way, uh, speaking of Ime and his approach and guys coming here, Nice uh, show of love for Donovan Mitchell, a big ensemble of Celtics, really uh, crowded around him at the end of the game. Oh, yeah. Conversation there. They're doing work on that front, I don't know. That would be something. I don't know how they could get that done. Um, probably would involve – I'm not even getting into it. People are just going to get mad at me, so I'm not even going to get into it. No, you no. Just, it's just due diligence. 
I know what it would take, but I'm not going to get into it. We'll get there one day. Not going to do it. That's an off-season discussion. Yes, um, not going to do it. Anyway, um, a couple other things just want to tell you again. Uh, let me say here. Uh, join our we got a couple Discord. days off here. Join our Discord server, stealingsmedia.com slash Discord. That's the place you'll have to chat up until Sunday because that's the next game. Uh, other than that, um, we might do a Twitter spaces in the next couple of days. Just talk about where the Celtics are and their playoff chances. So follow us, Celtics CLNS, uh, for notifications and updates on that. Um, other than that, I got nothing else, guys. Good game, good win. Bobby Manning bringing the Gabagool home. Uh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey, hey. Am I a joke to you, Bobby? Think I'm funny? Discord there you go. Jimmy's it. got it, John. Nick's out there freaking already leaking this stuff to our Discord crowd, so they know about it. The clip oh. is on the clip is on Discord. You want to go check it out? Sign up for our Discord server. We're in the 800 and something range. We need to get to a thousand, guys. We should wow, be the there clip already. Is on Discord, huh? Yeah. Look at that. That's exclusive. And you have to be invited. You have to be invited to the Discord by you that. You got to be invited. That link right there. You can't just check out Discord and, and then leave. You gotta. You gotta be a part of the Discord. Clnsmedia.com slash Discord. Okay, Download the Discord app it. on your phone. I have the. Um, I have it on my phone. I have it on my laptop here too. Like the. Um, the I guess it's an app, right, on your computer. But um, by the way, clnsmedia.com. Amazing articles out now, and there's more coming the rest of the week. <laughs> Amazing Bobby Manning articles. Bobby, what, what do you what do you have cooking, dude? The Brown Tatum one that came out was probably the one I'm most proud of this year. That came out really good. Um, and you know that's stuff we've been talking about all year. The passing between them, the numbers going way up on that front. Another thing, like the smart point guard discussion, it's like, oh, they've always passed to each other. You look at the numbers, and it's not really true. It's been a massive improvement. Yeah, Jimmy's good with that. Right off each other. There it is. There's the clips. Yeah, no, Bobby, that is good stuff. That's front page of the CLNS website right now, so go check it out for sure. Um, and, yeah, we talked about it, Bobby. This was something we observed on a whim, which is like, you know, we're just spitballing. Like, isn't it weird? These guys never seem to pass to one another. It's they're standing on opposite ends of the court, and they get the ball, and they just never work, and they never play off one another. And, you know, everyone's like, whatever, shut up, dudes, losers, negative. And then Ime, of course, was like, yes, I'm trying to get them to pass to each other more and play off one another more. It's really important. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, you know, hey. So, again. Coach of the year. Yeah, it was a thing. It's, again, it was a thing. It was a concern. They're not. They weren't using one another. They need to learn how to play with each other. That's what he said. Well, when they were both on the court, it was like only one was on the court because the other would be a non-factor on that possession. So when both, when you knew that the other guy wouldn't touch the ball if one guy had it, then you don't have two stars. You've got one star, and that was hurting them. So they had to do it. They're doing some cool stuff now. It's just math. Yeah. And there's there's some more to come, I think. I think Sherrod teased that, like, you know, there's some probably some stuff that we haven't seen that these two are going to start to do come playoff time. So another credit to Ime if they are kind of holding some stuff back here between those two. Because, listen, they can do some really cool stuff between those two set-wise with Rob. Uh, I think we're going to see some amazing sets come playoff time. And there's already been a lot of – great ones from that road trip. There's just tons of great clips of those guys playing off each other. So go check that out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So go check it out. We're going to say good night. 
Thanks on behalf of Jimmy, Bobby, Sherrod. Um, check out all of our stuff. We have a zillion things coming out on our YouTube channel. And in addition to that Ray Allen thing, a um, nice. couple great podcasts. Sherrod is, Sherrod's pod is out. A-list with Gary Washburn. Uh, B-Rob's coming out with his uh, winning plays. Um, so lots of really good stuff out there. But again, the uh, the Ray Allen pod, that's a must, must, must listen. Subscribe to the Cedric Maxwell He had a green podcast. shirt on. He had a green shirt on. Ray's, Ray's doing his reti- his retired number tour right now. He knows what's going on. There's a lot of politicking yeah. going on here, um, <laughs> but whatever. Good, good for that. Hey, so, don't you think? Don't you think Ray Allen's a good enough player where his number should be retired somewhere in the NBA? I mean, I think it should be retired three places in the NBA. Um, so maybe even four. Four? Why not? Yeah, why not five? A couple of teams that could have had him. Uh, he, no, he's freaking dude. Ray Allen is a superstar. I'll give you he retired retired in at least Milwaukee, Seattle, and Boston. Should be retired three places if it is. That's our new banner here, though. Yeah. Get up there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. I, I did notice that. They gotta find some more space. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we'll just get rid of. I mean, there's gotta be some number that they can get rid of one. Unretire. Wow. Yes, I would. They, would can get rid of? they can do a John, ceremony who, for John, that. John too. has a whole list of numbers that probably unretire. Anybody who played before 1970, just pick one. Here we go. We're going to unretire. Uh... Nick's head just popped off. If you could only dribble with your right hand, you're out. If you, dribble, if you dribble with your hand behind your back like yeah. this. And you had, to dribble in a, you had to dribble in a circle to go in the other direction, then you're off the, you're off the yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. Imagine a jersey unretirement ceremony. That was just oh disrespectful. Yeah, if you're you up. use the backboard, you're out. Sorry. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Hey, that's it. Just creating some space. That's all. Yeah. That's all yeah. that is. Anyway, all right. See you guys. Bye. Thanks, everybody. Awesome. Awesome.